Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast, episode 268, which means it's two Yarmir Yager. Oh, my goodness. And this is an X-Men show, as you just heard. I am Jim. I'm your host tonight, and I feel like crap. I also look like it, too, so that fits, right? Hey, hey, how are you doing? How are you doing? I, I just took a bunch of NyQuil. I think that stock in NyQuil has probably gone up since I've gotten the COVID uh, because I pretty much just drink it like it's whatever. Can't taste it either. And usually the taste of that kind of is like the the idea. It lets you know you shouldn't be drinking a lot of this. It doesn't taste great, right? It, it's not the great. So you're like, ooh, ooh that, that's close to being poison, isn't it, the way that tastes? But when you can't taste it, it, it legitimately just goes down like thick water. Thick water it is, right? So here I am. At least, I mean, I might not be able to taste it, but boy, I can feel it after a little because I don't know that people on the Marvel side of things know or not. I'm not much of a drinker. And and as I say not much, I mean I haven't drank alcohol in 20 years. And not because of any sort of deal like, oh, my God, I was this or that. And I, No, no, no. It's just that I just didn't like it. I, even when I was drinking it, I just drank it to get drunk. And then when you kind of, you know, get to your real life, you probably shouldn't drink something just to get drunk, right? If you do that once you're, like, set in college, you're just, you know, doing crazy stuff, right? I was in a uh, cover band where we got free alcohol every time we played, and we played six times a week. That was it. It was flowing. I'm telling you, that's when I was drinking a lot of rumple mints, too. Oh, my goodness. But, uh, yeah, where was I? Oh, yeah, I drank a lot of NyQuil. And, and there you go. That's it. Goodbye, everybody. Talk to you later. That would be that'd be the best podcast ever. It's just called "What Did You Drink Today?" Hey, hey, today I had some coffee, water, and a bunch of Nyquil. All right, catch you next week. See you in seven. We're here to talk about a couple of the X Men books. A couple of the X Men books. These came out a couple weeks ago. This is Cable number seven. We're going to talk about Next Force number sixteen. And I still find myself. Not struggling, but kind of like shaking my heads at times about, you know, coming out of Ten of Swords, thinking, okay, we spend a lot of time with that Ten of Swords. It, it was a big thing. I mean, we we had, you know, Ganipkin up and some hopscotch contest, I think, in that. So it must have been big. But when you get back to the books, you know, I was expecting more of a, you know, repercussions from Ten of Swords. But I also was just thinking that, it would feel big still within the books themselves, even if we're not getting repercussions. And the books that I'm going to talk about tonight, especially Cable, it, it comes off really odd, Cable, and what maybe Jerry Dugan was trying to do and then had to do Ten of Swords, now comes back and has to rush to an end because, I don't know, timing-wise, but you would have thought that things would have been better timed with the Ten of Swords stuff anyway. But I'll, I'll get that. In a moment, first I'll let you know in this extended, you know, mush mouth beginning, you can go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics, follow us, we'll follow you back. 
That is our rule, right? How dare you! I, I don't know why. I guess Greta wouldn't like me to follow her back. I don't know. I guess that's the thing. This is all wrong. <sighs> Greta, stop it. People get worried about you. You end up also going over to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, right? You got that? I'm just going to hit sound effects for everything I say. Uh, and you can get news, previews, and reviews. The reviews normally hit on Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time which is pretty much the right time because that's my time zone. And even with that, though, there's a lot of things that come out early. Uh, Marvel ended up reacting to DC having books come out on Tuesday with just basically saying, eh, we're going to release a couple things on Monday as well. I mean, everything, it's like the Wild West now with release schedules. Uh, But you can get that all. And also, if you would like to hear a lot more shows, things like that, you can go over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Weird Science, where recently I had put up a post on, I believe, the DC side of things that showed all the things we did the past week, you know, last week on Patreon. And I think there was like 12 shows in those seven days, including a manga show, a Walking Dead comics podcast that we just started, me and Mark Jager, uh, all these things on the Marvel side of things, but also a Marvel Back Issues podcast where me and Stork got together and talked about a past uh, Peter Parker Spider-Man issue where on the anniversary of Uncle Ben's death, Peter goes to the Mets games and the Mets stink. It's funny how nothing changes, right? As a Yankees fan, I can tell you that. Uh, Also, we ended up having our Marvel Events podcast where me and Double A-Run are going through the first, the original Phoenix Saga. We're four issues in. We haven't seen anything of that Phoenix. The Phoenix is is missing in action, but we end up doing that. And then also the Marvel Solicits podcast, a lot of Marvel stuff. So if you're a Marvel fan, which I think you would be, uh, it'd be cool to go over. Also, each month now we're going to pick a book of the month and a Marvel and a DC character of the month. And the Marvel character of this month ended up being picked by everybody in the Patreon, all of the Get Fresh crew, beep boop. And they ended up picking Scarlet Witch. So I will be going through a bunch of issues, origin issue, first appearances, stuff like that with the Scarlet Witch all this month. The book that they ended up picking was Saga, the you know independent deal, the, the big book. Everybody loves that. And I, I actually really do like it, too. And I'm looking forward to going through that first trade of that during the month. And then on the DC side, the character of the month was actually Power Girl. So, again, I'll be going through, you know, maybe a little informational type podcast, then an origin deal and the first stuff like that. So eh, that's enough of this. I usually don't spend that much time talking about the Patreon stuff and all that, but it's the beginning of the month. And so if you went over right now, you can sign up. You won't be charged when you sign up. You'll only be charged if you decide to carry on into March. So if it's something that you don't like, you can always quit before March and you will never be charged a cent, but at least you gave it a shot. But I think we do enough over there to give it a shot. So please, you know, just take a peek. But we're going to go off now to the books. I'm going to start with Cable. All right, we're going to start with Cable number seven. It's written by Jerry Dugan, art by Phil Nono, and letters by VCs Joe Sabino. And here is the description that says, finish the job. And I really think that that's a good description. That's a good call for this issue because I think it's actually like 
Let's finish the job here so we can move on to the important things. And I'll get to that. Following a near-fatal tournament in Otherworld, Cable is back to right the wrongs of his own world, rescuing kidnapped mutant babies from the Order of X. Now, this has been set up. This is issue seven. Yes, we took the break with it and had some issues in the whole Ten of Swords deal. But I think that when people, even now, if you said, hey, What's your favorite X book? And then you're like, what's your least favorite X book? You know, whether you're your X glass half full or half empty, but whatever. I don't think Cable's coming up for either of those. Cable just kind of meanders around being unnoticed, being unremarkable, but not great, but not horrible. And it's like it feels inconsequential. You're waiting for something to make it feel big, to make it feel important. It happens in this issue. It's just an odd thing that it never happened before. And in all the books coming in and out of the Ten of Swords, for some reason, this one really feels like the, the Ten of Swords really snuck up on Jerry Dugan, and probably jumped out, boo! And he screamed and ran, fell down the stairs, and then his dad yelled at him. That's what happened to me all the time. I fell down our stairs constantly because I'm, I'm a moron and I'm also very klutzy. I get scared, too. And and what would happen is we'd have our upstairs of our house and the lights would be off. And somehow I'd think ghosts were going to get me. So I tried to run downstairs and I, I'd fall. And then my dad would yell at me. I actually fell down our stairs twice this past week. It's a regular occurrence. But just imagine this. I don't fall down the stairs going down them. I fall down the stairs as I'm trying to run up and I slip, fall, and then like slide down and defeat. And then just lay at the bottom of the stairs like, I'm too old for this. What what am I doing? Well, what's going on? I do have these slippers on now because it's getting cold down in the basement here that I record the Black Mold Studios. So I wear these slippers and they're real slick. They don't fit very well either. That's why I fall. Always, It's like who else falls down the stairs going up them? It's very odd. But again, I don't know what I was talking about. The whole deal with this book, I just feel it feels inconsequential. It really feels, like I said, not very important. So you're waiting for something. And it's again, it's like it's the weird book that isn't bad enough to drop. Maybe if you have the money, you're just like, well, it's not pissing me off. It's just not doing much. Uh, This is the issue, though, that we find out what's going on. Also, I want to point out it looks like the Gerber baby. On the credits page, just as an aside. But so what are we going to do with this? How are we going to go into this? We go into the issue, you know, kind of like, hey, everybody, remember remember that Ten of Swords? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool, right? Well, there you end up having Ray. Well, actually, it's magic. You get Cypher Bay. You got a bunch of the characters kind of just out of nowhere standing there looking up at the grass cutter and God Killer swords like waiting for Gorgon ship to pull in. I, they just say their friends are gathered watching the sunset to remember Gorgon. And they're pretty much, you know, rest in peace, Gorgon. Uh, but Cable has work to do, and he goes off. And so you end up having this, and again, it feels like Jerry Dugan's trying to make up for the lost time, which there shouldn't be lost time because this should all be planned out. But it feels like in his mind, the Ten of Swords, that was lost time. We got to get this whole baby kidnapping you know or this whole thing has to start going and it has to start hitting and it better start now so you end up cable 
fix you know hey rachel you want to go hey rachel's like i'll help you and they go off to philadelphia now rachel is there and pretty much then puts everything else into high gear they're not going to have to worry where the babies were taken. Rachel sees it. They're not going to worry what's involved. She sees it. She go, They go through this portal into Philadelphia. And I do want to point out the idea. I'm from the Philadelphia area. And in fact, the issue takes place in Bucks County for the most part. That's where I live. So that's kind of a cool little thing, right? To To have your county, Bucks County, as the place where you have this mutant baby kidnapping deal right isn't that fun actually the people around my town these people would be welcome with open arms and probably would even increase the property value in my neighborhood but you end up rachel finding this as they go they're met by those two philadelphia police officers they're there to say oh my god we don't have a warrant oh my god we can't do this as things just go on I do want to point out, though, and I read a couple reviews for this, the idea that people do love Phil Noto's art. I do not. I like his faces. I like his character models, but his backgrounds are non-existent. And also just what backgrounds he does have. Everything has such a clean look that a lot of times it looks like these characters are on play sets. They're actually in action figure play sets because things look plastic. When they come through the portal into Philadelphia, cleanest part of Philadelphia I've ever seen. Also, it looks like the street they're on is more of a conveyor belt than a street. And just everything looks too clean and plastic. And I don't like that. It happens later when you end up having uh, Scott and Gene are cooking. Rachel's hanging with them and the oven range, the oven top, it it actually looks like an iPod. Jean looks like she's cooking some hybrid of chicken bread and Scott ends up having a pot of something and it looks like it's stretching to fit his hands. It's very, and, and even then you go, and when you go through places like any sort of room is dominated just by the color paint of the room because there's no other background. It's just the color. It just throws me off. And I I like his character models. I like them a lot. When you have the page where, you know, Rachel is using her abilities to kind of figure out where these bad people are, she looks great. It looks awesome. Uh, But once you get to the regular thing, everything just kind of looks plastic. But they end up finding this place in Bucks County. They go, it's a house. They realize, okay, this order, uh, they have the babies. We're going to go in. And pretty much it's like everything is going. You go from zero to 300 in six seconds from what we got before 10 of X until this. So they go in. You have this leader. Who's, you know, everybody and all these people are like putting X's on their heads. We've kind of seen this with this cult deal. And, you know, they're like, hey, that's a false mutant. Kill him. You end up where you do have Cable. He's using some of his mind control deals and some of this stuff going on. He's, He's opening up his abilities a little more because Scott told him he should practice with that he ends up where a lady comes out she's going to hit him with a knife he ends up making the chandelier fall on her well they finally get upstairs and you have this leader also with a bunch of these cult members all holding these babies there are five babies that they they got so what the plan was is to have rachel outside she's peeking in the window she is and scott or scott cable going there and this leader's like if you do anything you know, we're going to stab and kill these babies. Everybody has the babies at knife point. And pretty much 
Cable says, are you, you ready, Rachel? Okay, go. She ends up being able to help out moving things. And Cable just shoots everybody in the shoulder. And as they get shot, they fall down. But Rachel uses her deal to keep the babies floating in the air. And the policemen bust in as you end up having Cable interrogating the leader, saying, you know, what's going on? What is this all about? What are you doing? And he ends up seeing a vision of strife. Strife's behind it. There you go. There's the big moment. There's the big thing that you end up wanting to have. Now, it also is strife. You know, future clone gone wrong of Cable there and also ties into Apocalypse, all these things. So maybe it was that they wanted to get Apocalypse out of the way for a little to kind of put this in. But we'll see. But, yeah, he sees that this guy and all this is going in with Strife, who wants 10 babies, still needs the other five, which then sets Cable off to go. But Cable seemingly doesn't want anybody to know about this. He wants to do it himself, all of that stuff. So when Rachel says... Okay, well, what would you see? What this guy have? Oh, nothing. I just saw because at the point, you end up having Cable say, oh, no, when he sees it. Now, this guy has been told he's not going to be taken alive. Also, I want to point out in this little vision deal, you see some clone chambers behind Strife as well. But, like, this guy can't be taken alive. He bites down one of my favorite things, biting down on the cyanide tooth. He dies. Rachel says, why did you yell, oh, no? What was going on? What did you see? And Cable's like, no, no, I saw that he's going to bite down on that tooth a little too late. That's why I said, oh, no, I didn't see anything with strife, I promise. And so the, you know, the whole deal. And it's basically case closed on at least these five kids. Cable's going to go off to do, but that kind of gets out. The the police, you know, all that's they're done. They, They just go, okay, we'll do this. We'll figure it out. And then you go back to the summer's residence where i said you end up having gene cutting the bread meat you have what ends up being a pot that scott's carrying and because of the way it's kind of stretching it ends up looking like an oversized stainless steel dog bowl and rachel's there drinking i guess milk i don't know there's just a white glass and there's the ipod the ipod slash stovetop but yeah they're all going and basically everybody's coming over for dinner and Cable is not going to be there. He has to go. He says, I got to go. I got to figure out these other five. He's being very coy with it. He seems very upset. The whole thing with Strife is is pissing him off. You can tell. Even Rachel can tell something's up. Then Scott can tell they're talking. But, you know, Scott gives him a little pep talk, and it seems like maybe it helps out a bit with Cable, but he's got to go anyway. It might be just whatever. But you do get a little communique between beast and sage sage saying to beast hey uh cable's requesting access to strife files now a lot of them are restricted because it's future stuff but also you know they tie in with apocalypse all that sort so are we thinking we have a strife problem here is there going to be something going on because cable's not one probably these are the first files he's ever asked for why is he asking for strife things he just got back from this deal so uh, should we have a little chat with them, you know, figure out what's going on? That's actually pretty interesting to me, and it's a good way. A lot of times these, you know, little side pages of text, you know, they're, they're okay, but sometimes they're really, and that that's a really good one. I like the way that that sets it up, but Cable, he's got to go and do something. He's going to go find these things, strikes involved, all of that, and he figures, I'm going to get some. He even says to Scott, yeah, maybe I'll get a team. Maybe I'll get somebody to help me, whatever. And he does go, and what we see, it's Domino. 
him and Domino will go out, and that's a pretty cool team up. I like that. So the idea of strife around with cable going that that's pretty big, but still, you know, it, it'll get you know bigger as we go. I guess it still doesn't feel as big as all the other books. I, I don't know if it's just because it is. I like Kid Cable, but it is just Kid Cable. You have a lot of other characters that could get books, and there's Kid Cable kind of doing his thing. I'm interested enough. I don't love the book, but overall, it's it's like every issue seems to be like a seven to me, just like kind of just the average deal. I'm at seven. Didn't upset me. Didn't wow me. Whatever. Strife's big, though, and I think that a lot of people went with that. Now, again, a lot of people's scores I saw on Comic Book Roundup, you even see them in their blurbs there, like their scores seem to be so elevated by Phil Noto's art. I just I think that I said it's too clean and plastic at times and just doesn't feel like it's like real. It feels like it's all being done with action figures in a playset with, you know, somebody like Eric Shea would like. But I'm not that into that. I'm a grown man. I'm not a little boy. What are you talking about? I just fell down the stairs twice in the past week. I'm no little boy. But we're going to go up now to the X. Force book. Okay, and it's X Force number 16, written by Benjamin Percy, art by Joshua Casera, colors by Guru FX, and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. For so long, X Force has been focused on the threats to Krakoa shores coming from anti mutant hate groups, other nations, and even other mutants. It has blinded them to the threat that lurks below. Infected corpses have washed onto Krakoa's beach, attacking whoever they find. If X-Force is unable to locate the source and neutralize the threat, Krakoa may soon find itself overrun. And we ended up having the issue ending with, you know, all of these mutant, not mutant, all these zombie-like infected crew members washing up on shore while Black Tom was drinking his Mai Tais and things with Domino. And so we, we have this going on. And again, I don't know, this seemed a little goofy. At first, now you're going to see that it should be bigger, but even by the end, seems like, okay, the the way that this will continue is just, again, with Beast being awful, because pretty much this boils down to, you know, they even say it, Krakoa took a crap, the crap went down, it mutated, and now it's the sea monster that Namor shows up at the end and says, I'll take care of this, you guys skedaddle. Uh, like I said, the big thing, though, is that it's very fascinating, the beast, that they end up having what is a mutation of Krakoa, the mutant island, and this seems to really, you know, really fascinate him. He really likes it, while him and Cecilia Reyes are looking through one of these guys, and they're they're smarter now. That Russian nesting doll zombie attack they had before, that caused a lot of problems. They're not going to do this, so they end up going and looking at the specimen while it is in a bubble that they can check it out. They get out a specimen that at the one point you end up having Beast looking at, and while he's looking at it in the microscope, it kind of pushes out and tries to get at them. Well, while all this is going down, you have everybody taking care of the last of these zombified mutant sailor deals. They take them down, and then you end up seeing that a team is being set up to go down below into the ocean to immense depths, down to the bottom of the ocean to look at a trench, all these things going on. Okay, let's see what happened. Let's go to the wreckage of this boat. Let's see how this begun. 
And it is a team with Forge Wolverine and Quentin Quire. And it's funny, too, because Quentin, every time he comes back, he, he just keeps getting killed. I mean, y- you look one way, you look back, Kid Omega's dead. And so it's funny to me that he ends up like, and he just comes back, and it really seems to be him as the only one who's really irritated by all this. Like, even in this issue, you think he's going to die again, which I thought was going to be the running gag. I thought it'd be hilarious. But they're going to go down again while Cecilia Reyes tells Beast, you better not get any sort of ideas about this, and you better get the X-Force out there, stat, and perform some field surgery because she says... Before you get any idea about weaponization, let's concentrate on treating this thing instead. Black tunnel scan for masses. Like all of this almost seems like it's a cancerous tumor on Krakoa. It's breaking off all these things all rolled up into one to make a sea monster. Well, you end up where, like I said, Forge, Wolverine, and Kid Omega, they're going to go down below and check things out. Of course, Forge has made a bunch of things that he's spelling out. He ends up having a flamethrower that will shoot underwater. They end up having, you know, the scuba gear that he's made that can withstand any sort of deal. And even later, as an almost like a, oh, yeah, about that type deal, you end up having that Wolverine can even pop his claws in this and not actually pop any of the things there so far below. So that's kind of it was weird. That was like it happened. And then you kind of get the idea that as Ben Percy's writing, he's like, oh, yeah, I didn't spell that out. And you have Forge like, yeah, by the way, I figured that was a given that I figured out. But they go down below and you get a horror comic deal. You get a horror vibe. Uh, that's something that Benjamin Percy loves doing, even in some other things that he's done. So they go down, they find this wreckage, and you're going to get a lot of the monsters of the deep. And, and everything down below. I mean, seriously, you don't want to be two places you don't want to be. The bottom of the ocean like this and in Australia, those two you avoid. They have monsters that just get you in both those places. So they go down Wolverine's checking. Wolverine, I think that is a really good choice for this. And he ends up, because he has the adamantium and all that, he sinks faster than everybody else. So you get there because you have a point of view character. Wolverine, guy doesn't get scared a lot. So when he gets scared, you realize that the crap has really hit the fan. So he's looking around. He ends up getting attacked. He ends up getting pulled down into... The trench where he sees a giant eyeball I mean all these things going on Well then Forge and Quentin end up showing up Quentin gets taken He gets grabbed, he's going He's using his powers to slice and dice through it And it just leads to everybody just about to die I mean every every creature in all of the deep the, the things that, again, these aren't just things that are Oh my god, look at that monster they made up This stuff is down there you don't want to do I don't even like going to the ocean anyway. I don't like getting burned. I don't like the sun. I don't like living. I mean, really, <laughs> is this a cry for help? I actually get scared. I'm one of those people who go to the ocean and the vastness of it and to just think the undertow could grab me and what I think could pull me 7,000 miles away in the middle of the ocean. It scares the crap out of me. It's all in my head. I know. I just sit there and think, what would I do? I know what I'd do. I'd die. Not a strong swimmer. I can't I can't doggy paddle seven thousand miles to get back. So they're being attacked by all these things and they're trying with the weapons that Forge gave them, also with their powers, all that, trying to fight, trying to fight their way out. They're going to die. They even say and there's the thing though, 
it's one of those what are the ramifications i mean quentin last count he has died 300 times already and so they're they're just sitting there like it looks like we're gonna die i hope the five are ready for our butts and then all of a sudden there's electricity everything goes down and you see namor show up looks awesome he's his trident is you know crackling with lightning and stuff and so he's like hey Hey, what up, muties? Uh, what are you doing here? You you shouldn't be down here. What what the hell's going on? And you end up having Wolverine explain. Well, you know, you see there, that's kind of like a mutant crap that Krakoa took, and we're figuring it out. We're trying to see what's going on. And Namor pretty much says, "Well, you tell everybody, tell Xavier, everybody there on your deal." I don't know if you heard this, I'm the first mutant, even though I'm not now, and that kind of pisses him off, probably. But he also probably is like, you guys stink. You know, you you mutants, you make this island that's all over the place, it's causing, and they even say at the one point that it's like these things have gone wrong in the wake of Krakoa. And even it might be part of, you know, Rocco, all these things all tied into one. Namor says, you stick to your own deal. Yes, surface air breathers. Get the hell out of here. I'll deal with this. You go. He even says that it's funny because it's almost like it felt like as you're reading that Benjamin Percy's writing and then he stopped for a little bit and came back, didn't read what he wrote. And he has Namor kind of repeat the same line in two panels where he says, you know, I'll uh, I'll take care of this. You guys go. And then it goes back to him and he says it again. Um, but. He does threaten. Now, again, we're setting things up probably for later. Uh, you have Beast already. You know he's going to try to weaponize this stuff. You know he is. That's what he does, uh, especially now. But Namor says, you know, you stop your nonsense. Go up because if I want to, I will just have the ocean swallow Krakoa, and then the deep will take care of it. Let me tell you, the deep is freaking hideous. Those those things down there, uh, awful. Uh, but, yeah, he says, get out of here. Go, skedaddle, I'll take care of this now What's he going to do with all this stuff and all that? That's pretty uh, crazy ideas going on But they do end up leaving They do end up leaving They go to swim up as Namor ends up, you know, taking us What I said, he ends up saying um, is the opposite Who is the parasite and who is the host? Talking about, you know, Krakoa, the ocean, all these things It's difficult to tell from down here You might want to start swimming for the surface the sea can be unforgiving. He's telling them to leave, right? He's saying, you better get out of here. And then he just says then, now piss off, mutants. He's like repeating it. It's like, hey, you know, you might want to find the door. By the way, get out of here. Oh, you know what? Don't let it hit you in the butt. Hey, get, get you know, hit the skids. He just keeps saying it. Uh, but then it says, I don't need your nation when I have my kingdom. He's talking a lot of crap like he does. I love Namor. I love crap talking Namor. He's the best. So, he ends up doing that. He's putting them on blast. He's saying, you know, stay out of my deal. Or you're also getting another thing, almost like with the cable deal where, yeah, this story, eh, you know, Benjamin Percy's like, yeah, I want to kind of get it over with. I'll ah, let Namor take care of things and, you know, we'll see where it goes from there. I, I think that basically you wanted Beast to get fascinated by this. The rest of the stuff is not really that important to go, but throw Namor in that you remind Everybody that Namor is pissed He's pissed at everyone He always gets mad I don't know what he's doing here He should be in the Phoenix, right? But overall, it's okay Again, I'm going to give it a 7 Like I did with Cable It's not great 
It's not awful. I like the art. I like Joshua Casera's art. I'm about to cough. Holy crap. Whew, I have to pause a second. I'm having problems with this. I, I, I start to talk. I'm so tired. I have all this stuff, and then I almost cough. It, it drives me nuts. Holy moly. But luckily, we're done. But yeah, both books are okay. Nothing to write home about or anything like that. Also, I, I, I didn't even mention you end up at the point where Quentin and his relationship with the Cuckoos comes out on Front Street in front of at least Forge and Wolverine uh, at the one point. And it was kind of a nice little moment. But overall, yeah, seven for both of these. Uh, I'm going to go off now when I do end up getting better or feeling better. And that's the thing. I, I kind of just kind of go with the flow. When I feel good, I take a shower. And then I run down here and record stuff quick, and then I get too tired and go to sleep. And and if anybody has had COVID, for the most part, you you, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying, right? We give each other like that. All right. Pointed at you know, everybody. Uh, But yeah, with that, I I still have the last week's books. We're we're a week behind, so I'm trying to catch up. One of these weeks, we will have two episodes of the X-Men stuff. I'm not even going to pretend that I know it'll be this week. I keep saying that almost like it's supposed to inspire me to do it. And then I realize, boy, I, I keep stringing this along to people. So I'm not going to promise anything, but it will be done eventually. Hopefully, you know, sooner, not later. But overall, thanks for listening. Go to our, what's it called? Twitter, WS Marvel Comics. Also go over to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com and check out our Patreon, patreon.com. Slash Weird Science, where you get a ton of shows. Support us for these things. Probably like, why am I going to support this <laughs> mushroom? Uh, maybe I could, I could convince people to kind of check it out by saying, I don't feel good, and I, I try to at least keep doing this. So maybe that'll be a way. But I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to have to edit this first, though. But I'll go back to bed, and uh, I will talk to you in a couple days because our regular podcast with all the new books comes out on Wednesday. So I'll be joined hopefully by Clay and Brandon. Then I'll let them carry the load there. I will lean on them to talk while I just sit and I don't know. I know I'll end up talking too much and talk over them. And that's what I do. I can't help it. Even when I'm sick, I can't help that. But thanks everybody. And I'll talk to you soon.